0: Welcome to Investable Universe, where we seek to demystify the world of real assets investing. What do we mean by real assets? Well, it's real estate, it's infrastructure, it's commodities and their associated stocks. If you can touch it, and you can invest in it, it's a physical asset, and that's what we'll be looking at in this series. These assets have historically outperformed in late-cycle environments, they've defended better in recessions, and with all the talk of slower economic growth and uncertainty around global trade and geopolitical issues, we say it's time to take a closer look at real assets. Let's recap the week in uh, market events as they pertain to real assets and what a week it was. Risk assets, including uh, stocks, got some support at the start of the week after the Trump administration said it would delay tariffs on a selected number of Chinese-made products, including cell phones, laptops, other devices, until mid-December. China was unimpressed and has promised retaliatory action if the U.S. reneges on uh, uh, promises or concessions that it has granted as part of the ongoing trade negotiations. At midweek, we had the signal the the fateful signal the u.s yield curve inversion the yield on the two-year t-note rising above the 10-year for the first time since 2007 that caused a market meltdown Uh, we had troubling developments out of argentina uh, with the argentine stock market losing roughly half its value and the currency declining by about 30 percent after a leftist uh, candidate bested mauricio macri in that country's uh, primary presidential primary uh, we had Goldman Sachs out with a, an, an attention-grabbing call on gold, typically viewed as a safe haven asset. Uh, they are predicting a rise to uh, a rise to $1,600 in, or in uh, gold in the next six months. Grabbed a lot of attention, and we had some uh, very bearish numbers on GDP out of the eurozone. Uh, Germany's Q2 GDP shrank one-tenth of one percent. That economy is taking a hit from a slowdown in Chinese imports. Obviously, the market action highly volatile. It's affecting all kinds of asset classes around the world. So let's get started with our guests for this week. So, for some perspectives on the market volatility this week, I'm joined by, by Keith Raphael. He's president of Cross Currents Investment Advisory based in Bronxville, New York. He is a market forecaster for alternative investments, a 40-year veteran of the financial markets trading cotton, gold, and the dollar index, as well as major currency crosses throughout a very illustrious forex trading career with Chase Manhattan. Uh, Keith, can you give me an overview of the trade war technicals that this week that you're seeing in the, uh, in the currency markets?
1: Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Oh, of course. And, yes, so if we're going to be talking about mostly trade war technicals at this aspect, mm-hmm. it's going to bleed, of course, into a lot of other normal risk assessments which take place in the currency markets in particular, mm-hmm. and those are usually driven by the majors of dollar-yen and right. dollar-swiss. Uh-huh. So just to, just to be clear the not just this week, but also last week, Mm -hmm. there was a great deal of stress in the currency markets for a couple of reasons, Okay, I think those are pretty clear from just the the trade war activity. But the yen in itself is really just a... It really reflects vertical risk
2: Mm -hmm. in
1: Asia. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the Swiss franc reflects not only global risk, but also risks in Europe. So... Trade activity, of course, has been affected in the U.S. heavily, but mm-hmm. also Europe and Asia. So, for the yen in particular, I the Japanese, when in doubt, they repatriate, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, a very clear reason we've been driven back to the 105 and oh, excuse me, 104 and a half lows mm-hmm. that were forecast for May. I didn't expect us to retest this early, but right. this massive repatriation because of the Chinese weakening and Hong Kong, et cetera. Right. Has really driven us to a very critical level. This one or four and a half on a weekly and monthly basis is what I'm watching closely for the Asian markets in particular.
2: Right.
1: Uh, the Chinese yuan
2: mm-hmm.
1: is manipulated, of course, and therefore is a tougher read technically. Mm-hmm. But of course, it has broken out by getting above six ninety seven on a couple weeks week of closes here.
0: So, you, so it, it sounds like you have yes. been following the yen mostly as a reactive currency uh, to developments in the trade war. Are you seeing, is there any particular currency that you would trade as a, as a proxy for trade war activity?
1: Well, we're saying traded as a proxy if you're trying to go with,
0: mm-hmm. or yes. if
1: you're trying to go with the trade,
0: uh-huh.
1: we've unfortunately, in a 8% range for the yen,
0: uh-huh.
1: we've stretched to the extreme. So... If you're trying to buy a currency in favor of the trade where you're running into major support here uh-huh. to buy yen and sell dollars uh-huh. when you're at a major dollar support is, I think, very risky. So that's not an ideal currency to be entering. Um, same with the Swiss franc, although, frankly, both are at critical weekly closes. With the Swiss franc, you're at 96.95 against the dollar. That is the same level. We have so many critical levels all being hit simultaneously uh-huh. against the dollar. We're at a, we'll get to the euro later, but basically sure. even in the euro, we're at a critical monthly close. We're around 111.10. Mm-hmm. So everything is at its extremes. Even this early this week in the equity markets, getting down to 25, uh, 400 in the Dow, twenty eight uh, twenty six 26 in the in the uh, S&P mm-hmm. those are both very important momentum levels mm-hmm. to get a weekly and monthly close below those would open the door for another 12% move over two months
0: are you seeing this action so, spilling over into yes. uh, into are you seeing this action spill over into other emerging market currencies
1: yes i mean the, the dynamic here is very confusing because basically the euro i've called for a euro bottom in in the spring after a seven year bull mm-hmm. view and for the dollar index, as a broader indication of the dollar, it continues to press strong highs, which is obviously the inverse on the euro, mm-hmm. and all the currencies are under a great deal of duress. There's, if you're getting into the EMs, even and which is not being discussed very much, is the uh, Indian repeat, okay. which was down about 3%, and I had another 4% expected decline. In that against the dollar, so you have some, of course, major countries as far as population and activity.
0: So you have another four uh, percent expected decline in the in the Indian rupee. Yes. Wow, so that's
1: a stronger dollar situation. Wow. Which of course is a little bit contrary, but you know this is emerging market, and that's not really discussed much, uh-huh. considering the size of the country and right. its impact globally. Um, it's really kind of taken a side, a sidecar at this point. Uh, of course, the a totally different situation is the Argentine peso, but right. that doesn't have a lot of impact globally because it's such a small economy. Right. But at the same time, to have a thirty-eight percent range, indeed, in a single week, right, is 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 crazy. So I, we're just getting huge volatility.
0: Apropos of the Argentine peso, do you see any any signs of a near-term recovery? I mean, do you see any kind of any kind of bottom or a, a support level that uh, appears near-term?
1: Yes, so as we were just saying, the thirty-eight percent range in one week is, of course, insane. Mm
0: -hmm. But uh, (laughs)
1: forty-six fifty was the breakout point, right? And I'm expecting it to be retested through September. Uh So we got as high as sixty-four ish. I'm expecting that thirty-eight percent to be fully retraced Mm -hmm. and retesting that support in the dollar against the peso, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then return back in October toward the top. So continued weakness in the uh, the peso. When the peso breaks out, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been in a trend for basically the last five years, it's lost 90% of its value. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're going counter trend with this up move, mm-hmm. but it is drastic.
2: Uh-huh. So
1: I do expect a retracement back to this week's low, which sounds minuscule time-wise, but such a large, you know, such a breadth of uh, activity at 38%, it's a big move. So
0: a uh, catalyst for trading in the euro this week was that disappointing GDP number out of Germany on Thursday. Uh, clearly, the the country's taken a hit uh, from, well, trade war and from uh, its uh, uh, imports to, uh, from China. So let's take a look at the euro and any, any interesting moves or key technical levels that you're watching right now.
1: Yes, uh, I referred to that earlier. The um, 111.10 mm-hmm. has been a key change in momentum uh, Monthly close. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but basically, after calling that bottom in the dollar, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the top in dollar bottom in the euro,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I am still expecting to move back to 118.50 going into year end. Now, if we get any kind of monthly close below 111.10, which we're kind of precariously bouncing back around, then that's going to kill the momentum for the up move in the euro. And With things where they are now, there's just, there's really not a lot of trending in the euro between there. There's just not enough strength, obviously, out of fundamentals, which of course, I think you and I have discussed. It's Mm -hmm. not my ideal arena to be discussing, but basically, Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of potential momentum in the short term, but I still think by year end, we will be.
0: Ah, so you've said in your notes that you see right now we're in an environment where there is elevated risk across all time zones. That's <laughs> a terrifying yes. prospect. But what, if any, is the is the risk that's lurking in the market that is not yet priced in?
1: Well, essentially, you have, and alluding to what you just said, mm-hmm. you know, we have we have horizontal integration and we have vertical integration in mm-hmm. time zones. And the Chinese situation is making Asia volatile. The eurozone weakness is making all eurozone very volatile. Mm-hmm. And the, the Swiss franc, I think, is, has always been the henchpin. For me, that is the lead dog
2: mm-hmm. of
1: all the currencies. Right. Although it may not be the largest economically, historically, it's always been the lead currency. Mm-hmm. So we've seen a real strong move in the Swiss franc for the past few months. Not anywhere near as drastic as the big spike from a couple years ago, but it is implying, and through its directional move, that the dollar is weakening. And Mm -hmm. I continue to favor that view. Mm -hmm. And of course, that fits with my dollar top picture, but the Swiss is clearly have another critical weekly and monthly close, and I'd be watching the Swiss franc more than any other currency.
0: Ah, wither goes the franc. Keith Raphael, thank you for your insights this Friday. That's all we got for Investable Universe this week. Check us out online for more stories at investableuniverse.com or follow us on Twitter at InvestableU. I'm Rebecca Darst for Investable Universe. See you next time.